Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad you're along. It's one of our favorite days of the week. It's Friday, and tomorrow is one of my favorite days of the entire calendar year as we celebrate the 40th anniversary of the U.S. Miracle on Ice, the victory over Russia in the 1980 Olympics. Here to celebrate it with me is Ryan Stieg, the beat writer for the Northern Michigan hockey team. What's up, you renegade? <laughs> renegade. Ryan the Renegade. So we've gone from Ryan Day to Ryan the Renegade. Ryan the Renegade. I, I, renegade I, Fridays I, yeah, with Ryan. All right, I, okay, I can embrace that. Yeah, we're, we're working on a few yeah, new yeah, names yeah. of Ryan here, and they're not panning <laughs> out. Not, but we'll, we'll get there. I... Uh, you got? Do you get nicknames for Durant and all that stuff? We're or, working on. We're it. working on this. We're okay, getting okay. there. All right. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's actually a nice day out there. It is. It's been really gloomy. Snow's melting. Except apparently my parking spot in my apartment complex. <laughs> it's like it's the only patch of ice in the entire like <laughs> complex. I get into the car and my feet slip underneath me. Thankfully, it's like I'm coordinated enough that mm. I didn't biff it. But like I was just like. How is my spot the only one with ice in this entire You need to walk out in skates. Yeah, basically, you could do circles around my spot. Everywhere else, it's clear pavement except mine. So, Well, I tell you what, we've got a lot of hockey, a lot of skate talk to be uh, had here over the course of the next hour. Of course, Northern Michigan starts a new series tonight. They don't have to leave the UP. They are in the Sioux, and they're getting set to take on Lake State here in a matter of hours, and they'll play game two of that series tomorrow. Plus, of course, we have the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice tomorrow. We've got Northern back. Basketball to talk about the regular season. It's winding down just like it is at the high school level and maybe not quite at the major college level yet, but it's starting to get there. And basketball, hockey seasons, they're all starting to come to a close. I tell you what, where's this winter gone? It's it kind of disappeared in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. It's like I looked at the calendar the other day and I was like, it's almost the end of February. <laughs> it was just like, wow. I mean, it felt like the year started just mm-hmm. like a few weeks ago. And it's like, so basketball and hockey are pretty much going to be done in you know Mm mid-march so it's it's getting down there and uh it's it's disappointing because it's typically my favorite season is basketball hockey season but uh so it goes (laughs) i mean high school and college i mean you still have another what like six months of the Mm -hmm. of the nba season or so not that much but like they're playing in june so it's like which by that point you've it's not basketball season no. anymore. No, no, it's not hockey season either. No. But I tell you what, we've got that to break down. Plus, of course, the NFL has decided to join Major League Baseball proposing a playoff format change. This one I'm actually okay with. I do want to get into that a little bit later on. Let's start with basketball, though, Ryan. Northern suffering a couple of losses last night to Grand Valley State. The men are on life support right now in a position where they need to beat two really good teams in order to make the tournament. Yeah, they're, uh, it was a tough loss for them last night. They were uh, playing a ranked Grand Valley State team who they beat on the road downstate earlier in the year. That was a huge win for them, and they had a chance to get another one last night. Um, had a lead, kind of fell apart late, but uh, did just enough to lead at the end of the second half. They, uh, you know, Some guys make some clutch Shots, Alec Fruin and Sam Taylor were hitting shots. Olienka hit a couple shots. And then they had a really bad call at the end of the second half, mm-hmm. and it was really bad. I I don't like to pin stuff on officials, but that you could say that they that cost Northern the game. Northern was up by one. Uh, you know, it was 66-65. Grand Valley had a chance in the last closing second set up a shot. They missed it, Okay. They get they get the rebound. They miss it again. So now it's a loose ball. There's about three guys on each team are fighting over it, and there's no way any, they're going to get a shot off. But then a ref calls a foul with .2 seconds left. How do you make a call with .2 seconds left in a scrum? Mm-hmm. Not like the guy's hand got hit at a three pointer. No, it's like three guys. There's six guys fighting for the ball, and you're going to make a foul. Is a terrible call. And from what I've heard and uh, the reaction I've gotten from it, it's just not a call that you can make. I mean, I don't know any official who's really going to go in and say this is the call. Like I'm going to insert myself into this game, and I'm going to be what decides it. Yeah, and that's basically what it was. And you think. And I've talked to officials before, and they, I've even talked to college officials, mm-hmm. and they said they're taught from day one that you're not supposed to be the outcome. No. Don't make yourself the reason people look at the outcome of a game and say it's on you, mm-hmm. and that's why you can't make that kind of fall. Even if you think there might be something there, 
case in point, there was uh, remember it was last week when I did that. In, uh, I shared that interview with the Big Ten ref who yes. had retired. Okay, and he was talking about being a ref, and he said that we're you know I would rather not throw a flag than throw a flag mm-hmm. in a really tough situation in the closing like seconds of a game, right. because not throwing a flag means. It was debatable. Mm. When you throw a flag, you better be really sure that you saw something. Makes sense. Yeah, and that that guy did not see anything. <laughs> really, you can make the case he didn't see anything. Um, luckily, Northern, the guy uh, for Grand Valley, only made one of the two, so went to overtime. You can make the case Northern should have won in overtime, should have won in double overtime. So in that way, you can't entirely pin it. But because of that call, it ended up going to over. And frankly, Grand Valley's the better team. You had mm-hmm. uh, the whole time in overtime and double overtime. I'm like, I have a feeling they're going to find a way to win this game, and they ended up doing so. And but Northern played really well last night. Great on defense. Um, but now because of that loss, they have to be Davenport Saturday, and they have to be Michigan Tech the following week. And uh, that's not going to be an easy task. Neither of them are going to be easy, although they did go on the road and beat both those teams earlier this year. You try to replicate that and keep your postseason hopes alive. This was a team that was picked to finish last in the division in the preseason poll. All of a sudden, they're looking at maybe hosting a first-round tournament game. And then it feels like maybe with the Purdue-Northwest game that the pendulum kind of swung back, and now they may not even make the tournament. For you, was that Purdue game? Was that where the pendulum swung? I feel like it swung at that point because they were playing fairly well, um, and then to lose that game in overtime against a game that they definitely should have won, they mm-hmm. blew a big lead at home, it was really deflating, I think, for the team, and they've had, then they had to go on the road, end up getting dealt two losses, and now their basically hopes are hanging by a thread uh, that could have been helped last night, um, it just, it's, it's, it's an accomplice of enough, the mm-hmm. fact that they were predicted to be really bad this year and right now they have the potential to get the last seed in the tournament so if they by some chance they end up winning both games which is a possibility it They've is beaten both the teams before but if they happen to win both games and get in that would be a huge thing for that statement of a program who lost Arguably two of the best players in program history mm-hmm. last year. Well, not to mention a coach. I'm not, a, I'm not knocking Matt. I'm saying that whenever you have a first-year coaching yeah, staff and, making a transition to a new school, that's tough. That is a transition. Yeah, you have sometimes you'll have players who don't really want to change, mm-hmm. um, who don't embrace it. Sometimes they'll transfer because they don't want to be a part of that. But, uh, you know, they work together. They've had a pretty good season. I know you'll look at the record and you'll say, well, they're under 500. They might barely get into the tournament. But considering that this team was predicted to finish last and lost two of the best players in the league and, you know, two top ten scorers in program history, it's an accomplishment in itself. And it, and it comes down to a team that didn't have a lot of scoring and managed to get some wins. You know, and we've seen flashes of what this team can be and what Mackerzak Ball can be here. And I still do believe that Northern made the right hire and they made a really good hire. It might take a couple of years, and I know Matt won't use that for an excuse, anything like that. He said early on that, you know, coaches will be like, I need a few years to build my program, get my guys in there. Well, these are my guys. You know, he was very open about that. These are his guys, the ones that he inherited from the previous staff, Coach Saul and what have you. I, I do believe that they have the right guy in place, and we're going to see more consistency here in the coming years. I think, uh, yeah, he's going to have his recruiting class, you know, coming in, and, you know, it's just... The fact that they were able to do so well with the coaching change uh, says a lot, and uh, you know they're going to get they got some good shooters coming back. I think now the question is going to be defense. I think they're going to get some scorers, but the start of the year, Northern was going to be known for being a strong defensive team when they were. But now two of their best defenders are going to graduate, and uh, in Sam Taylor and Miles Howard, so now it turns into a we're going to be good on offense, but defense might be the issue there. So it's. it's going to be an interesting season next year, but uh, don't forget, they have two chances to get into the postseason. Ryan, let's transition to the women's side. A good start for them last night, playing with a literal skeleton crew. I mean, that team has been decimated by injuries, illness. I know everyone is going to say that this time of the year, but man, you should see what this Northern <laughs> team is going through and what Troy Matson is dealing with right now. A good start. They can't keep that going the full length of the game. They end up falling last night to Grand Valley. It's really... if. 
I know if you've read my previews the last couple of weeks, you probably think I'm a broken record because I keep mentioning how the injuries are affecting them, but it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the storyline for Northern this year. Last year was that they came together and they made the NCAA tournament and the big run, and that was really cool. But this year it's like they lost Lexi Smith for the season. You know, they lost Liz Lutz is basically having limited playing time. You know, she didn't play last night. She's going to play on Saturday because they need to get a win mm-hmm. out of her. And then you have Aaron Honkalo who's been hobbled around. I don't think she played last night, or if she did, it was very it was a glimpse, <laughs> and I must have missed it while I was there. Um, Jessica Schultz was limited. She only played a few minutes, only had nine points, um, but that's because she didn't get a lot of minutes. But um, they were concerned she had a broken hand. Mm-hmm. Turns out to be negative that that's okay, but it's her shooting hand. So you have your best player has an injury to her shooting hand. You're probably your second best player can't really walk a whole lot. Your third best player has can't really play a whole lot of minutes because she has a bad ankle mm-hmm. and uh, can only play like one game out of, out of the two-game series. So, yeah, they're, they're hurting really bad. They had to get a lot of bench players in last night. Uh, Ishman alum, Madigan Johns, got mm-hmm. some significant playing time, had two good buckets, played pretty well defensively. Uh, it's not an easy task going against the number six team in the country, but uh, they did okay. Amber Humner made some good defensive stops, made some good buckets. It was just... One bad quarter mm-hmm. is what did them in. They had a good, great first quarter. They did okay in the third and fourth, kind of, you know, pl- played tough, tried to fight their way back, got within 12 on uh, the fourth, but uh, it was just a really bad second. Northern couldn't shoot, and then Grand Valley did what Grand Valley does. You know, and no excuses for them, and I know Troy would say the same thing, but when the injury bug hits you in five of your top six players <laughs> in your rotation, not just like little tweaks or little, you know, couple of 24-hour bugs, what have you. But, I mean, injuries to the shooting hand you think might be a broken hand. One player can't practice. She literally can only play in a game, has not practiced in almost two seasons. I mean, this is the crux of your NCAA tournament team from last year yeah. that is almost all hobbled together. I mean, you need extra crews just for parts at this point. Yeah, I, I mentioned that they're basically limping towards the finish line. <laughs> they still haven't clinched a postseason bid. Right now, they're... To get a home playoff game, they need to win both games that are left. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there are two games behind Parkside for the fourth seed. The right now, Northern is fifth. They're going to get into the tournament, but uh, their hopes, uh, whereas the men's hopes of making the postseason entirely are hanging by a thread, whereas the women's hopes of getting a home game are hanging by a thread. So it's, um, it, it's going to be one of those years where if everybody was healthy, they could have really made a statement mm-hmm. this year, um, but it's just when you lose probably your second best player for the season, because that was Lexi Smith, you have your third best player is can barely, Aaron Honkel is barely able to move. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, and then you have Layden Slutz, who hasn't practiced in two years and has going to go through ankle surgery at the end of the season. So it's uh, to say they're in rough shape is pretty a good assessment. They have Davenport coming up tomorrow. They're a spoiler-type team. I mean, they would love nothing more at this point in the season, given where their year is gone, than to play spoiler to a team's postseason hopes. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, it should be a win for Northern. They beat Davenport once already, um, but uh, it's it's not going to be easy. They're going to try to get as many playing time. Troy said Aaron's definitely going to play. Liz is definitely going to play. They need some points out of them. Um, their bench is probably going to have to come through again. Um, you might see Madigan get some playing time, even you know, maybe even more against Davenport. I think Troy kind of held back against Davenport, uh, not Davenport, against Grand Valley last night because I think he knew getting a win with the type of players he has left <laughs> basically on the team was kind of not in their favor. Mm. So he didn't play. Uh, you know, it's I don't think coaches ever go into the game and kind of think, well, we're going to lose. Yeah. You know, but it's just like I think he just wanted to get limit the players and kind of go all in on Saturday because Saturday's probably going to be a win and uh, they probably should beat Michigan Tech <laughs> the following week but the odds of them beating the number six team in the country when probably four of your top five players are on the bench is probably not going to Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, we'll talk a little hockey, a big weekend on the ice next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. 
Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. Northern Michigan hockey returns to the ice. They're trying to snap a losing streak that's now spanned four games and a goal drought with just one in their last three when they head to the Sioux this weekend to take on Lake State. They, uh, <laughs> Northern is not really playing at the level that they were. No. I mean, I we were mentioning on the show a couple weeks ago that this team had the potential to make the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. If the bottom end didn't fall out yep. on their own. You win your POTA games. You win the games your POTA win. Yeah, if you win the games that you're expected to win, this team could have made the NCAA tournament without running the table. But now that's no longer the case. They've fallen too far out. It's just... And they've just... The Saturday against Mankato was a frustrating one in the fact that they played very well on mm-hmm. defense but couldn't score. Friday night against Bemidji was a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really bad. When uh, Grant comes into the post game and is just opens the press conference with a two minute and thirty second opening statement, which is rare for him, mm. uh, just saying how the effort wasn't there. Um, our top guys weren't on. The, my favorite quote was, "Their top guys were all over the st- score sheet, and our top guys weren't anywhere near the score." Sheet. That was a great soundbite I got from him. But uh, yeah, they were they just were awful on Friday. The goaltending was bad. No one got pulled in the second period. John Hawthorne comes in and gives up a goal on the first shot he sees. It was it was not a good game. And then Saturday they score first, mm-hmm. and that was a spark. Greg Craig had a great goal. It was a good play by Lockren from behind the net. Um, good one timer. And then it just everything went downhill after that point. Yep. It was just. To give up five unanswered goals, uh, Hawthorne got pulled within the first ten minutes of the game because he wasn't seeing the puck well, mm. which is kind of essential if you're a goaltender to be able it's to pretty find important. the Yeah, that the fact that he got the start, no one had to go in, and uh, you know for the most part didn't do that bad. But uh, it's just, but Midgey showed me that they're a good team. I wasn't sure what to make of them to start, you know, going into the weekend because they had this good record but i hadn't seen them so i didn't know really what to make i mean normally as i said in my preview bemidji was known for being phenomenal in defense Mm -hmm. but being very weak on offense like grant said in the past if you got to three goals against bemidji you'd feel pretty good about Mm -hmm. yourself you know if you won three one you'd feel pretty good but now bemidji's good on offense and on defense zach driscoll's having a great year right now he's probably the second best goalie in the conference behind dryden mckay of mankato um who dryden mckay is a mike rector candidate Mm -hmm. so driscoll is probably Number two, and but very good, strong number two. It's uh, yeah, it was a rough thing for Northern. They're not exactly feeling very good right now. They're going to Lake State. Um, it should, by all logic, be a sweep this mm-hmm. weekend because Lake State's having a surprisingly down season. But it's also a rivalry weekend. It's hard to win in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, the Lakers are up for the season series. They're they're trying to get into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Their chances of a home ice thing are out of the window. They're just trying to get in. So if a, a sweep of Northern would clinch them a playoff bid, a sweep of Lake State should lock up home ice for Northern. Then it would come down to seeding if they're going to finish third or fourth. It, uh, but a lot's on the line. My preview yesterday, uh, this is a very pivotal. I mean, the Bemidji thing, there was a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. But especially because Northern got swept, it's an even more pivotal series this weekend. You know what's so weird? The way that Bemidji is playing right now, I mean, they are playing lights out right now, and there may not be a team in the country hotter than them. It is so weird when you bring up seeding that you almost, based on the way you've played them this year, you almost would rather face Mankato than Bemidji at this point. Weirdly enough, Northern played better against Mankato than they yeah. did against Bemidji. So, if Northern were to play, get past the first round, and they had home ice, it would. They might actually want to play Mankato because mm-hmm. Mankato does Mankato things in the postseason. Yep. And sometimes they get tripped up, and uh, whereas Bemidji's, I would say they're actually the favorite to win the tournament. In my opinion, they might be the, right to, now to, to win the WCHA tournament. Um, they're just. I've seen Mankato play, and I've seen, <laughs> I've watched them two times on TV and two times in person. I've seen they're very, very good. They're going to be a number one seed most likely in the NCAA tournament. But I'm not as strong feeling right now that they could win the WCHA 
tournament as I am with Bemidji. What scares me about this matchup with Lake State this weekend, Ryan, is the fact that Northern has been struggling offensively. I mean, the power play's been like this for a long time, but just one goal in their last three games for a team that had no problems scoring here early on. And I know Lake State is down this year, but that's not the case in net for them. They're very good in net. Yeah, it's... uh. Marek's Mittens, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm. I've, I've had people, you know, heard people mess it up before, but I think that's what it is. It's, uh, he's very, last year he was pretty inconsistent, but this year he's really turned into a solid goalie. No, like they just can't score. No. They're bad on the power play. They're, you know, they're not very good on offense, um, but they're good on defense. So it's Northern, if they can blow, if they can just come out roaring and just get their offense scoring, this should be a two-win weekend for them. But they got to score. I don't know what happened, but uh, they just a team that was averaging, you know, almost four goals a game has gotten one in the last three games. It's just weird. Well, now you have rivalries to lead you up to the tournament. You've got the Capo Cup on the line this weekend, and then Michigan Tech the following week, who, by the way, has a bye this week, and I'm interested to see how big of a role that plays. Yeah, because, you know, bye weeks can either be beneficial for a team, gives you a chance to rest up, or it can, or especially if a team is hot, mm-hmm. going into a bye is not a good thing because then it takes the momentum away from you. You might stumble on the following Friday. So this is... Uh, this is an interesting weekend because Nor- Tech is in fifth. They're trying to get the fourth spot mm-hmm. and potentially even the third. They're not that far behind Northern in the third spot. So Tech is trying to get home ice. Northern's trying to hang on to home ice. So if Northern sweeps like State, the pressure is going to be more on Tech next weekend to try to get home ice. Um, so. I feel like Northern would rather have home ice in the bag and go in just trying to beat a rival than having to fight for home ice against a rival. Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to have you pick the stick. Who is going to get Northern's first goal this weekend at Lake State? Probably Locker. You think Locker? That was pretty easy. I mean, that was a quick <laughs> decision for him. Uh, just, he's been so consistent all through the year, and he can strike so quickly. Um at the start of the year, I was probably going to go with DeMay, but DeMay's been so hot and cold this mm-hmm. year. He had a great first start, but he's just been really sluggish in the second half. Um, and uh, so I'm just going to go with Lockern because he can just find a way to score. Or Craighead could be probably sure. my second choice because he's been hot too. Mm-hmm. Um Probably him and Lockin are the most consistent scorers right now for Northern. I am going to go with a simple gut feeling. Nothing like what you did with Logic and what have you, because <laughs> I never do anything with Logic. I'm just going to go with a straight-up gut feeling here. I have no reason other than that but to pick Luke Volton. Really? I'm going to pick Volton. He gets the first goal this weekend. I was going to say, you're really going to roll the dice and say, like, Michael Van Leeuwen or something <laughs> like <laughs> Just, like, the extra skater or Tanner Vesh. Sorensen is going to get the first yeah, goal yeah, this the, weekend. Just completely blow everybody's mind. Sorensen's going to get the first penalty this weekend. How about that? Oh, I'm calling that, too. <laughs> he, he could crack the 100-penalty-minute mark. I'm not sure when the last time that's happened, but I want to do some research tonight to find out. Or maybe one of our listeners know. It's been so... I just... The idea that someone could crack 100 penalty minutes is just weird. I believe he's at 97 right now. 99. No? 99? Okay, well, he might do it tonight then. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very kind of sure thing he's going to do it this week. You know, weekend. and I'm not bagging on Sorens. I watched him for many years when I worked in the USHL, and I covered him when he was with Waterloo. And he's a physical player, and it's a more physical game in the juniors than it is up here. I don't know that he knows how to play any other way than physical. It, 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 he's just a very physical guy. He loves to hit hard, but he hits way too high. Mm-hmm. He's hitting people from behind. That cross-check that he had against Bemidji was really bad. Um, just Grant called it a selfish play, and it was. Um, guy was on the ground, and he cross-checked him from behind while the guy was on the ground, um, which is, you know, I'm surprised it was, he didn't get more than that, like a double minor. He was, uh, it was that bad. So and then he didn't play the rest of the game. Grant benched him mm-hmm. and didn't play him in the third period. So I don't know what to make of him. I've seen him score. I've seen him make good defensive plays. Mm-hmm. But I've seen him, the storyline for Hank Sorensen is the penalty minutes. Right. He's very, very careless out there. And uh, the fact that Northern is 1-2 in penalty minutes in the country is, 
if there's one thing that's really held them back, it's that. If they mm-hmm. could stay out of the box, they could probably have an even better season. Because the penalty kill's been okay, but certainly way too overused. I mean, the penalty kill has been fine as far as like averages and what have you, but they're on their way too much. Yeah, when you're having to kick, go out there and kill like five, six power plays mm-hmm. a game, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wear on you. I mean, if you're killing one or two, you're fine. Mm-hmm. If you, but, I mean, I think it was like a few games ago they were killing like eight, power plays and it was just the unit was just exhausted mm-hmm. out there i mean it's and it's just it's going to catch up to you and northern's got to get its power play going right. their power play is so bad right now i don't know what the reason is um if you want my opinion on it i think they pass way too much mm-hmm. on the power play like it always used to make me laugh because there's always that one guy in the crowd and it's always a guy <laughs> who screams shoot yeah. on the power play and i've I, it's like clockwork. He's going to do it like 20 seconds into the power mm-hmm. play. But I can understand people saying it now because I watched a power play where Northern didn't get any shots out but managed to pass it 12 times. <laughs> I, I, it was like I watched them pass it seven times and one end before they killed it. Mm-hmm. Before, uh, you know, I think it was Bemidji cleared it. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I mean, you guys need to, like, throw the puck at the net. Exactly. They're waiting for the perfect shot. And although that's good, if you're struggling, you got to just throw the puck on that. Hope for a rebound. Hope for a rebound. Or just because sometimes pucks can squeak through. Mm. I've seen it happen like tons of times. So it's just, and then they started, did you notice the drop pass back that they're trying to do? A little bit. Well, they start at the other end, and they're skating into the zone, but they'll pass it backwards Mm -hmm. to a guy who's trailing, like, at center ice. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what's that about? It's like soccer. Yeah, it's like, that's not how this works. You're, like, taking away an opportunity to set something up. It's weird. I've had fans complain about it (laughs) to me even, which is really funny, because it's like, I don't know why you're complaining to me about it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's... Northern's playing a weird way right now, and they got to get out of it. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take another time out as we hit the bottom of the hour. When we come back this weekend, the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving will undergo season ending surgery on his rotator cuff, per general manager Sean Marks. The Columbus Blue Jackets will be without leading scorer Oliver Bjorkstrand for the rest of the regular season due to a fractured ankle. And finally, Penguins can see better underwater than they can on land. Did you know that? You know, I actually heard that. Yeah. Um, uh, it's. Which doesn't surprise, they spend a lot of time in the water. I know you see, <laughs> when you go to the zoo, they're all like sitting up and, wander, and waddling around, but they swim a lot more than they sit. I'm a huge Penguins fan, not just because they're my favorite hockey team, but like Penguins is an animal. Penguins are dope. Pe- penguins are a t- cool creature. They're, uh, That's what the just... kids say, dope. <laughs> penguins are dope. The, the sports pen is dope. There you go. Anyway, continue How on. Do... <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> uh, I just hello youth. I they're just they're a cool creature, and you know that people are told in the winter that to walk like penguins when they're walking oh, yeah. to their car. I've been told that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it keeps you, you know, your weight balanced. And it does. You look like an idiot, <laughs> but you know, it's it keeps you sturdy because that's all. Penguins are managed to not fall over. They are my favorite hockey team. They're one of my favorite animals, although they got just destroyed last night by Toronto. You're, uh, the I'm, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins, a physical creature. The, yeah. A penguin got beaten by a bunch of leaves. By a maple leaf. By a maple like leaf. A, a flurry of maple, <laughs> maple leaves, leaves, like a tornado of leaves. They were overwhelmed when they fell off the tree, mm-hmm. and it just couldn't happen. And they just swirled about like a cyclone, like a whirling dervish, and just <laughs> messed up the penguins. Oh, ugh. You hate to see it. Yeah, you hate to see it. Either Uh, way, the reason penguins can see better underwater is because unlike humans, penguins have flat corneas, which refract light a lot less strongly than ours. So then they go underwater, and the water itself refracts that light naturally. Plus, they're fun creatures. They They are really fun. They they love to slide Mm -hmm. on the snow. I mean, you see clips of that. They'll... 
They're like us. They'll see a hill, mm-hmm. and they'll just... I'm going to gun on my stomach and just slide down <laughs> and, like, dive into the water, like, do a flip into it. It's They're fun creatures to watch. Is it legal to have a pet penguin? I don't know if it is. I would love to have a pet penguin. You would think that if you... Because I know they're they're exotic creatures, so, mm-hmm. I mean, you might have to have a special license or something like Probably. that to have it, but... Uh, I'm surprised nobody in Pittsburgh has one. Well, and it's like, wouldn't they be easier to take care of than something like a bird? I feel like I could take care of a penguin a lot easier than a bird or a snake. Like, I feel like taking care of a penguin would be easier than that. Like, you give them some ice, you keep it cool. I don't think they make, like, giant messes, I would assume not. I, I guess I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, the question is, they need to be around water and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, I mean, unless you're going to put, like, a big kiddie pool in your apartment. That's smart. Yeah. You could, I yeah. guess. Fill it with ice. Throw some ice in there. Maybe like they like to slide though, and they like to be. You'd have to if you're going to get a penguin, you'd really have to put a plan in you place. You need a hardwood floor. Yeah, you, you, fish. Just getting fish ain't going to cut it. No. You know, you got to have a plan. I think having a penguin like it doesn't have to be like a big old emperor penguin, but one of those little macaroni penguins or the ones that are like three feet tall. The, the I rock, would absolutely the rock hopper do that. penguins. <clears throat> I used to love macaroni penguins, mm-hmm. but. Uh, <clears throat> rock hopper ones or like l- little blue penguins are actually the smallest penguin mm-hmm. those ones it's like you could just like have it sit on your shoulder yeah. and that would be the coolest thing it would be so much fun i would love to have a penguin like i would be watching the pittsburgh penguins sitting with my penguin how cool would that be that would you, you dope would, you would be a huge that you would be the epitome of a penguins fan i would give him one of my other jerseys oh yeah how about that We'd have matching penguin jerseys. Me and my penguin watching hockey together. What would you name your penguin? Um, Mario. Mario? Something, you know, after Lemieux. Well, He's the reason I became a Penguins fan, so it seems appropriate. Pittsburgh's mascot is actually called Iceberg. He is, yep. Yeah, so would you going to go that route, or are you going to stick with Mario? Mm, I'd consider Iceberg. Although, by the way, Iceberg is actually spelled with G-H at the end. Yeah, like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Which is clever. Yeah, having a penguin would be cool. (laughs) Maybe we're, we're way off the mark here. I know we are. Yeah. Uh, maybe Evgeny. I've always kind of liked yeah, that. Evgeny's a good one. Evgeny's yeah. a good one. Either way, though, tomorrow is one of my favorite days. I consider it a holiday, even though I don't think it actually is recognized as one. But it is the anniversary of the U.S. Miracle on Ice when the 1980 Olympic team beat Soviet Russia, the world power at the time. They didn't clinch the gold medal in that game, but they did en route to winning the gold medal. It was just an upset that no one saw coming, and they have regarded it as one of the greatest upsets of all time. I celebrate it like a national holiday, and tomorrow is the 40th anniversary of that. I've got my Mike Ruzioni jersey on. I do that every year. It's my tradition. I wear that uh, either on the day or the closest work day to the anniversary. I watch that movie, and I just... I love it. It is a holiday, and I'm going to be sure celebrating tomorrow. Yeah, Mir- Miracle's a fun movie. It's, a lot it's of, my favorite movie. It's a great... Uh you know, exploration of what it was like. Kurt Russell does a great job at her as her Brooks, mm-hmm. who, you know, apparently was one of the wackiest coaches out there. And in the movie, he has a checkerboard suit. He does. Which is, I honestly can't believe that became a fashion in mm-hmm. the late 70s and early 80s. I'm like, how did anybody think that would be really cool to be? I mean, I think it's more funny than cool, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, uh, that was a good fashion statement. And his for pants him. didn't even match. No. Which I, was a weird thing. It would have been one thing if, like, his, his yellow coat matched his yellow checkerboard pants, mm-hmm. but it just it doesn't flow. Doesn't Aren't they, like, flannel? Yeah, they look like they uh, might be. <laughs> so did, Phil, did Herb dress himself that day? <laughs> and was just like, no, I, I don't want to feel like we're in a full suit. I'll just make a, I'll just make a weird combination of clothes. Uh, it's, but, yeah, I love, I love the movie. It's a, you know, it's a memorable event. My question is... Would the upset be remembered as fondly if they didn't win the gold medal? Um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Because Herb Brooks famously said, if you don't win the gold medal, you're going to take it to your effing grave. And they were losing that final game against Finland, the game after the Russian matchup, to decide if they would win the gold or not. And they almost blew that yeah, game. They were, I think they were down by two after the first period. Mm-hmm. And you're just like... You know, it would. I mean, as great as that upset did, if you ended up getting silver, yep, would you be really leaving there thinking, "Look what he accomplished"? Right. Yeah, we upset the best team in the world, but we got silver. I mean, it kind of just takes a little bit of the luster on it off it. So it's, 
but yeah, it's uh, obviously a great upset. I wasn't alive at the time, but uh, my folks were. They, you know, it was it was a big thing for the country, not just for the hockey team. Tell me, uh, what is your favorite hockey movie? Would it be Miracle? For me, it is. Miracle's arguably my favorite movie of all time, but definitely for hockey. Probably Miracle. I think you can yeah. make the case. I mean, as a Minnesotan, I'm slightly partial to the first Mighty Ducks. Yeah. I don't acknowledge the second Mighty Ducks <laughs> or the third Mighty Ducks because they didn't need to be a sequel. third was really bad. I did like the second one, though. Uh, I know you th- don't. I do. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the second. Uh, people know this. It's funny because people mention to me because they know how much I hate the sequels. Mm-hmm. But that... Uh, yeah, I would say the first Mighty Ducks and Miracle are probably my favorites. It uh, it's just fun um, going back in time mm-hmm. to like the early '80s when I wasn't alive and just seeing what it was like back then. And you, college hockey was big then. Yes, I it mean, was. It's like nowadays, you know, the NHL had their thing where it was like the last Olympics. It was a you know, the NHLers didn't play, so it was mm-hmm. a little bit back to what it was before. But back then, it was all college guys, mm-hmm. you know? Um, guys from Minnesota, BU, North Dakota, mm-hmm. Duluth. Um, I, guy from New Hampshire was on the team. Yep. Just I was a wide variety of states and uh, college programs coming together. And, and there were rivalries on the team, too. And just like in 1980, they didn't play Russia. They played the Soviet Union. This time around, they played the Olympic athletes from Russia. OAR. OAR. Like was so dumb. So, yeah, the Russians. They yeah, played the Russians. Yeah, it's uh, who the OAR team almost lost to Germany in the gold medal game. <laughs> that, would that be – it's nowhere near as big as the Miracle upset, no. but – it would still have been hilarious if that would have happened. Ryan, if I'm putting together a starting lineup of hockey movies, my front line has Miracle starting at center with Mighty Ducks and... Slapshot? No, Slapshot, I'm going to put it right defenseman along with Mystery Alaska. That'll be okay. his partner. Um, Sudden Death is going to go at left wing for me. Because it involves the Penguins? Yes, it is one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. Because it involves the Penguins. And Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme is always going to be a hero to us Penguins fans. The muscles from Brussels. Yep. Wham, bam, Van Damme. <laughs> Whatever you want to call him, he's yeah, a hero to yeah. us. Um, who's your goalie? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to think what's another hockey movie I really, really like enough to put up there. Um, what about you? What's in your lineup? That's a good question. I, I actually like that lineup overall, I no. guess. <clears throat> There's, the thing is, is there's not a lot of hockey movies. No. At least not ones that are memorable. Um, so, uh... Someone tried to convince me that Happy Gilmore is a hockey movie. It's not. It's a golf movie. <laughs> I guess if you really want to reach for it... Right. It be, Goon? Goon! There you go. Goon could be one. I would um, actually throw, um... I would throw maybe Mr. Alaska to goalie okay. and put in Goon as a defenseman, because that's about a defenseman hitting people. I think I like that one better. Okay. okay, yeah. How about this here before we go to break? If you could hang out with one member of the 1980 Olympic gold medal team, who would it be? Well, I've met Mark Johnson and Have interviewed you? Mark Johnson, so he's kind of a fun interview, so that would be kind of cool. Um, I am partial to goalies, so I think Jim Craig would be fun. Really? Uh Mike Rizzioni is just a very outlandish and outspoken guy, so I think that would be an entertaining interview. It's the jersey you have. Yep. Um, I guess probably between those three, um, Mark Johnson was probably the best overall player on the roster. Mm-hmm. So and uh, scored twice in the in the uh, uh, Soviet Union upset. So uh, of those three, um, I'm leaning probably towards Jim Craig. Though I am partial to Buzz Schneider. Buzz Schneider, I think, is who I would pick. What is that? Seems like a fun guy. Because his name is Buzz? No, because he... Get, <laughs> you, have, okay, here, we're going to do it again. We're going to talk about American Dad. Because one of my favorite episodes... <laughs> because one of my favorite episodes is the one called uh, Bringing Back the Bling, something to that extent. And it's where Stan Smith, who, again, is me in cartoon form, is telling his son Steve about his heroes, which, again, we share the same heroes even, the 1980s hockey team and Ronald Reagan. Okay. And it turns out that Roger, the alien who lives in their household... Checks Lemino. He said that he was a member of that team, even though he was annoying Stan during that episode. And once he found out that Roger was Czech's Lebedo and played for the U.S. national team, then Roger suddenly became his hero. Now, 
this isn't confirmed, but many people believe that Chex Lebedo is actually based on Buzz Schneider's personality. <laughs> and if you see the team photos in that episode where they photoshopped Roger as Chex Lebedo in, he is over top of Buzz Schneider in all the photos. Buzz Schneider's not in those team photos. <laughs> Instead, Chex Lebedo is in his place. And the theory is that he is actually representative, uh, representative of Buzz Schneider's personality. Chex Lemino was also on steroids. Yes, so he was. was. <laughs> so was Buzz Schneider on steroids? So. I hope not. Yeah. I really, I'm just saying, I'm looking for a fun guy. I'm looking for the guy who wants to go out and get an IPA with me, a guy who wants to go out and dance poorly at the club or, uh, you know, you know what have you, and have a good time. Not like where i got to carry the party, but a guy I can have a good time with. If I'm picking somebody out of that group to go hang out with, I can see it. That's why I picked Schneider. With, with honorable mention to Dave Silk and Ken Morrow. They seem like fun guys. Okay. No. Well, Dave Silk was known for being kind of a physical guy. Jack O'Callaghan would be mm. interesting just because he likes to pick fights with people. Yep. Uh, you know, just who's your favorite guy to punch? That would be a good question. Because <laughs> <laughs> he hit Rob, McLan- Rob McClanahan yep. in Miracles. So it's like who is, who is the most punchable person in the Olympics would be an interesting question. Hey, if Ralph Cox wasn't the last cut, he would absolutely be the guy to go hang out with. Like I think they portrayed him really well in the movie. He was one of my favorites in the movie from early on. I saw his mustache, and I'm like, this is the guy I want to party with. It's too and bad. And then he got cut. Because uh, he... He was actually one of my favorite characters in the mm-hmm. movie, and the acting was really good with him. Yeah. It's like you, you felt deflated when he uh, when he was the last guy. Cut. I was so sad for him. Yeah, and it's just you could have picked one of the minor characters, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, my favorite is Steve Je- Janicek yep. was the backup goalie to Jim Craig mm-hmm. and didn't play the entire. No, Olympics. he didn't. He was basically. <laughs> He got a gold medal for sitting on the bench is what he did. <laughs> I mean, like, I know how history worked and everything, and you got to go with the 20 best players, or at least the 20 who are going to fit your style better. But, come on, we needed to keep Cox in the movie. Couldn't you have cut, like, Verkota? I don't think he said anything. No. Mike Ramsey had one word. He had one word in the whole movie, and it's when they were playing terrible in their Olympic opener. Coach comes storming in. He's like, who are we playing, Rammer? Sweden. He's like, you're damn right we're playing Sweden. Yeah, so he... He Sweden. That was that was his that was his one fame. word. That, that was, was Ramsey's that one was the, line in the whole that movie. That was his claim to fame. Is was saying the word Sweden. So <laughs> yeah, you could have cut any one of those guys. I mean, Ralph Cox was a character. Mm-hmm. You know, he was memorable in that movie. There's a good chunk of that roster you barely even remember were in the movie. Right. Honestly, in that movie, there's maybe of the twenty guys, there's only maybe seven or eight of them that actually do anything exactly. in the movie. You know, because they focus on Aruzioni, Callahan a little bit, Mark uh, Craig, Mark Johnson. I mean, they have their guys that they focus on. They have the story guys, and Herb Brooks, of course. And then they've got kind of, you know, the Verkotas, the Harringtons, the Silks. They're just, they were part of the roster, but they didn't give them any lines because I guess they weren't interesting. I don't know. Dave Silk's line is when people ask him, can you even read Silky? And he says, I try. So that was <laughs> <laughs> that was Dave Silk's claim to fame, is being having read, difficulties reading is his pride. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. The 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. Tomorrow I know I'm going to be celebrating. Wear the jersey, watch, uh, watch the movie, what have you. You do that? I do have the movie. I might actually watch it. I, I, I might I do it tonight. I, I, I have a busy day tomorrow with basketball and watching the uh, watching the enemy hockey game, but at some point I will probably watch the movie. We owe you one more time out. We'll take it now. Friday Funnies next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand at ESPNUP.com or by getting our free mobile app from the Apple iStore Store or Google Play. If you missed our high school coaches show, that's going to re-air here in about 10 minutes once we sign off. Plus, we have Westwood Girls Basketball this evening on ESPNUP, Westwood at Nagani. You'll be there, won't you, Rye Guy? I will be. Going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be a... I, it's one of the best high school games you know. I'm anticipating of the season, so I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and there's going to be some history made. We're thinking there, this Westwood class has never won at Nagani, so could be a fun one. And Nagani's a scrappy team, so yeah. it's not going to be an easy one. I tell you what, we end every week here with the Friday Funnies. This week is no exception. What do you have, Ryan? Well, apparently LeBron James has a really bad diet. He does. Yeah, 
uh, Tristan Thompson, who didn't mince words, <laughs> didn't mince words, and he said this says LeBron eats like s. Oh, you know. Yep. You know, people can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, has the worst effing diet I've ever seen. He eats like five French toasts with syrup in the morning and strawberries, bananas, and a four egg omelet. He eats desserts at every meal. He said. If I ate like LeBron, he goes, I'd eat, I'd gain like 15 pounds. <laughs> but he goes, he never gets, you know, it doesn't affect him. And it's like, isn't that, isn't that really frustrating when there's certain people who eat bad food mm-hmm. and have nothing happen to them? Metabolism. Yeah. And then there's, it's like, and then you go and have like a root beer and you gain like three pounds from it or something like that. It's like, it's, it's really... There's some people who are really lucky, mm-hmm. and LeBron is not only lucky with athletic ability, but apparently very <laughs> good metabolism. <laughs> so, an LA TV station, did, did you see this? The Chiron at the... Uh, no. The, okay, so an LA, during the Astros apology tour, mm-hmm. when Jose Altuve <laughs> was up in front of the cameras, the Chiron underneath it says, Jose Altuve, Astros cheater <laughs> underneath. <laughs> not Astros player, Astros cheater underneath. And nothing happened to that guy. Nope. What makes me sad is there is a guy in Pittsburgh when Tom Brady was in a press mm-hmm. conference, and it had known cheater <laughs> underneath there because he did cheat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that guy got fired. Yep. So it's it's sad that a guy got fired for making fun of Tom Brady, but this guy got didn't nothing happened to that guy nope. for making fun of Jose Atuve. Maybe it's just because it's baseball. Or yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Or Tom Brady would sue him because mm-hmm. you know people pointed out a fact. Mm-hmm. Jim Zorn has no clue that his XFL broadcasts, his play calls are live. Did you hear that? Oh, no. Yeah. So he's sitting there during the game. Because for those who don't watch the XFL, their their play calls are broadcast to everybody during the game. Not the other teams, but fans can hear it. Mm-hmm. What play is going to be called? Now, unless you follow football pretty religiously... You may not know because I'll say like 96x Z wing to the post mm-hmm. or something like that, and you got to decode what it is. But Jim Zorn, throughout the first game, is sitting there covering up his lips like what NFL <laughs> coaches do with the play card, and then not realizing that the play is being broadcast <laughs> all over the place. So it's like people know what's coming. He doesn't look cool. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, so it's it was kind of a freaking. He was very freaking out after this, and he goes, well, I guess I'm used to it now, but it's like, I suppose if you're not used to it, you're right. just like, oh, people can read exactly what I'm saying? It's an adjustment for everybody. That's the wacky XFL, man. I'm still not a fan of it. Nah. I know there's some people who are really getting into it. I, I could care less. Um, Yankees fan brings a trash can into the Houston batting practice. <laughs> okay, this is probably going to happen multiple times oh, yeah. in the year. And some guy already got a jump on it for spring training. Of course, it's a Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping this happens a lot. Oh, yeah. And I would say at least every road trip, probably for the first month of the year, there's going to be someone who brings a trash can <laughs> into it and just bangs on it and yells, cheater. Anytime Altuve would come up to for batting practice, the guy would yell, cheater, at him. And uh, that's going to happen. And deservedly so. Absolutely. At uh, um, my dad even said, "I hope when the Astros come to town, he goes, I want to bring a trash can <laughs> with me." And I encourage anybody to do it. Absolutely. Like, Tigers fans, if you're going down when the Astros come, bring a trash can with you and have some fun with it. I don't have a trash can here in the studio. Otherwise, I'd probably be banging it right now. I can get one. Bring one in here sometime. We'll do it on the show. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. I guess, uh, how much time do I have left? Do I got a few? Yeah, go ahead. We got at least five minutes. Okay, all right. Um, let's see. There's prop bets right now on Astros players getting plunked. If oh you want to place your bets on who's going to be hit the most in the first week and the first uh, during the course of the season. Um, ben Affleck is apparently still upset over Deflategate. It was on Gut. It was in Get Up. Mm. I don't know if people, you know, anybody's. It's on the ESPN show, but he was on there. He was complaining about Deflategate. Mm. Um, a guy got a Mandalorian crossover tattoo with Andy Reid. Have you yes, seen the Mandalorian? Yes, I have seen that. Okay, so a guy who's a Chiefs fan got a Mandalorian with Baby Yoda. On his, and the Mandalorian has his mask off, and it's Andy Reid. And the Baby Yoda is Pat Mahomes. How, how cute Isn't is that? Isn't that great? Um, an amateur French soccer player was suspended for five years for biting his opponent's penis during a fight on the field. Why would he go there? 
Not his arm, not his nose. He goes down there. The guy needed a dozen stitches, but the guy who did it is banned for five years. Uh, they were pretty quick and swift to judgment there. I mean, wh- whoever's the commissioner of that league should be commissioner of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, Altuve should be banned for five years too. You know, <laughs> if you go with that route. Uh, I'm going to end it with this because it's it's too funny how technology fails us sometimes. Mm-hmm. So some guy rented a car. And it's powered by an app. Okay. To start the car, you have to hit an app to be able to start the car. He's in California, and rural California loses cell service on the side of a mountain. The car dies. The car won't start. He doesn't have enough self-service to start the car. (laughs) So he said, I'm in there waiting for something to happen. He said, a tow truck would show up in an hour to dry, to tow the car three miles down the road so he could get better cell service and start the car. Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, an app-powered car. All right, If you're going to get that, why would you go into a really <laughs> rural area? I mean, cell service up in the UP at times isn't that great. I could not drive my car if it was powered by an app from here to Manistique. It wouldn't make no, it. No, there's a massive dead zone in between Munising and Manistique. Out in the Hiawatha Forest, yeah. And it's really funny because the coaches will be like, yeah, I'll call, you, I'll call in my stats mm-hmm. in two hours when we're out of the dead zone. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, technology is great, but an app-powered car rental, mm-hmm. you have to have the app to start the car and you have to have good cell service to keep the car going. <laughs> it's just a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, if you're cruising around New York City, you're fine. Mm-hmm. If you're going out in the middle of nowhere, I, I don't know how you think that's going to no. be good for you. And the fact that he had to have a tow truck drag him three miles down the road to get cell service. I wonder if you're trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border with 157 pounds of marijuana. I'm a little surprised you didn't go with that one. Greg Robinson and Quan Bray? I forgot about that one. I was focused on too much on other That's stuff. That's all right. We covered that earlier this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured you would have but addressed how it. how stupid but do you have to be? I give him credit for being that risky. I don't. You don't? That's way too risky. It's stupid. Well, you hear about the guy who had bag of drugs labeled, you know, <laughs> we got pulled over, and he had the label on all the bags that said bag of drugs, and the police pulled him over, and there were actual drugs in the bag. I mean, that was just a gift to the cops. But maybe bigger, they wouldn't look. They wouldn't look, and, uh, you know, it's, it's always good to be organized. Sure. You know, if you're going to do a, a, a drug run, you want to have all your supplies in order. <laughs> here's where the drugs are. Here's where I keep the cash. You know, it's like you got to go in with that. But uh, I wanted to end with that, the car rental thing, because I first – I know I, I may sound like unhip by mm. saying this, but I actually didn't Undo. know – I, yeah, I guess I'm a no dope. because I didn't know that you could rent a car that's powered by an app. I didn't either. So, I generally didn't either. So, so maybe it's not. I, I shouldn't feel as bad for not knowing that. Oh but, yeah, because I'm the bar for being cool. Well, you said you said dope earlier I, in the I'm show. Pretty darn dope. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I didn't know that was possible. So technology will still fail you in the future if you decide to go through a dead zone with an app-powered car. Things were simple back in the good old days. When you just turned a key. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. With that, we're just about out of time. Always good having you here, my man. What is coming up in the Mining Journal? Well, I will be at your game tonight, so there's that. You'll have the game recap in the paper tomorrow. Um, My Sunday column, I'm addressing the Astro scandal. I've just it before, but I'll give you my final thoughts, basically. Mm -hmm. That's what the column's going to be. On Monday, I... uh, some paper will have the basketball recaps um, from the NMU games. Those will be in there. So that that's pretty much what it is. That's it for us here in ESPN UP. Our high school coaches show coming back at you. For Ryan Stegom, Tanner Hoops, thanks for listening to the Sports Pen on ESPN UPWZ. I'm Ishpeming Marquette.